Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> let's kick off the podcast, Carolyn. Okay. That's, that's it. Go ahead. That's the kickoff. It's like a. What is it like inside your brain? Is it just. Swirly. Feels swirly. Whirly. Mine is swirly too, but in a different way. Yeah. Mine just like swirly with like life and ideas. Yeah, like little little bits nuggets. of tiny nugs. Tiny little nugs of yeah. of silliness. Different than like a like a poop nug that you would find, you know, which is gross. Different, you know. Do you regret saying it? No, no, no. I mean, oh, we, no, listen, no, no. everyone everyone poops. We've all but experienced this. Poops nugs. That's not true. Everyone's had like a little deer pellet poop, you know, where you're just like, <laughs> huh, that was interesting. Whatever combination of things I put inside my body, I now am like an animal that forages for berries. I just love the idea of you like evaluating your poop and going, huh. huh. Yeah. Hmm. I think we have I don't think so. all been there. Okay. We're not going to talk about Let's that. Let's move on, Jason. Uh, we're a serious business podcast. As <laughs> evidenced by our this previous This is how combo. you climb the ranks of Apple. Yes. Is you're serious. You're very serious. So. Very important things that we discuss. Strap into the serious car let's what go what are we talking about on this episode uh we're gonna talk about this big project that we've been working on for the past a seven weeks big project and it's like kind of done but kind of not done it's, it's a very done, weird feeling i was uh, this is what i wrote in our recap email because you're used to when we launch a project usually that's the most exciting moment right because the thing is done right you know it's like it's a it's a launch of a new product it's there a might launch, be a couple it's little a rebrand it's tiny a, little nuggets you got to clean up just tiny. I honestly, for the rest of the podcast, can't hear you say nuggets. <laughs> what about? Because you ruined it. What about chicken nuggets? You definitely want to hear about better. those, don't you? Yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. But you got to be careful because I don't want you. I don't want you combining the two. Soiling my chicken I think, nuggets. I don't with... think anybody wants those combined. Okay. So normally, it's the launch day is the big day. In this particular case. It's a content series that's being released a day at a time. So the first day, there had only been one thing. So it yeah. kind of builds. Yeah. So it's a, it's a slow burn. It's a different excitement. It was a very weird kind of like, quote unquote, launch day because, you know, we've been building it up. So it feels like there's like a thing that's coming. And obviously there was in the Calm Business Encyclopedia. And if you have not heard us talk about that in the previous episodes, it's an A to Z guide to running a predictable, profitable, and more peaceful business. So we have 26 different pieces of content in the form of an article or a YouTube video, and it, it's a lot of work. But when we released it last Monday, it was just one. It was just one <laughs> six-minute video. Go watch this. And one, like, you know, thousand-word article. That's it. Yeah. And people have been reading it like, okay, well, I'll come back come tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Yeah, because I felt the same way. I went to the page, and I was like... <laughs> This feels underwhelming, but there's so much more to come. So just, you know, it's kind of a weird feeling. Anyway, just sharing that. Yeah, I'm glad you're sharing that. Because I I think it, something that has fascinated me about this project, maybe it's because it's not something we've ever done before. I've had lots of feelings about it, but they've all been different feelings than you've had. Yeah, yeah. So like I didn't even think about that 
like the anticlimactic kind of feeling. Right. But then again, you're the one who's like pressing publish on the articles. You're the one who you're sort of interfacing like closer to it with the public, so to yeah. speak. And I feel like I'm just like, I got to get more of these done. So I have to still be focused so much on creation instead of like the publishing of it because there's yeah. more to do. Um, so when it, when it was like the announcement, I just, I was like, I don't even have time to like care. Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back to, we've done so many different 30 day kind of project challenges like this in mm -hmm. the past, but almost all of them were done kind of in, like you did the thing mm -hmm. and then you talked about it more afterwards than you did in the beginning. Right. And like, I was thinking back to like, I did a 30 day challenge of working at my desk with a, um, a stand sit bike basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking back to that. I was like, Oh, well, like I didn't tell anybody about that until it was done. Mm -hmm. And that's very much like the thing on YouTube. And like, you know, we've been doing that for years as well, but it's like, I did this for 30 days. Now let me talk to you about right. it. Whereas opposed to this was like, we're going to do this for 30 days. Here's day one. Well, can I tell you kind of an interesting emotion, a positive emotion that has come up about the like nine or 30 day challenges or whatever. I would love to hear it. Is man, there's something so satisfying to me about being able to publish something daily and stack the oh, yeah. the the installments and, yeah. and have that consistency and be able to follow through on the consistency of something. Man, does that feel good? Because we haven't done something like that no, I in was, so long. I mean, we haven't done it for Wayne at all. Yeah. What's really interesting is as we embarked on this, basically, we're just going to call it 30 days, 26 days of content. But I was thinking about, it, I was like, oh, the most videos we've ever published on our YouTube channel is seven in a month. Mm -hmm. So we're going to obviously outpace that. The most articles we had ever written in a short amount of time, I think was like four in a month mm -hmm. because they're so long and so in depth. When we did the build series, I think we probably had a little bit more, but even still is maybe like nine of those articles in a month. So it's just wild to think about in the entirety of five years of WAME, we've never done a 30 day kind of content yeah. project side note you forget this often when we did do the building wame thing in the beginning for yeah. like the first like five weeks we posted every day uh monday through friday that was daily yeah oh okay yeah i just want to remind you i went back and i thought i counted the dates maybe i looked at the dates wrong then That's probably i think I probably after week three we got pretty quickly off that off wagon that. Yeah. because we were doing it in real time so right, that is right, something right. i'm talking about lessons we didn't write this down but here's a lesson about this project <laughs> if you are going to do something of this magnitude with content don't, don't force yourself to do it in real time. Yeah, I think that so that like we have four lessons that we want to share while building this project because yes. the project obviously isn't completed. So maybe we'll do another episode, uh, you know, in like six months from now where we say, okay, now we're looking back and, and like how do we do on our three-pronged goal approach to mm -hmm. this project, which we've talked about in previous episodes. But just very quickly, our three-pronged goals are first goal, immediate, just drum up some buzz for our enrollment period that's coming up. You comes, already heard about that. Comes next Monday, Thank which is exciting. Thank you to our sponsors. Ah, uh, well, yes, thank you to our sponsors, but then also us for um, promoting our sponsor, like, you know, doing the ad read. We yeah. did a great, did a great job. Yep. Anyway, first goal, drum up some buzz. Second goal, have like a short term, um, like not short term, but have a, um, a start here experience on our website. That's just like an awesome group of content mm -hmm. of everything we've learned in the online business space here in the past five years, specifically with kind of digital product businesses. And then the third thing is long tail trying to get discoverability, organic traffic through YouTube or through Google. So we'll check back on those goals in six months, but we have four that we wanted to talk about as far as lessons go throughout the build process. But what I was going to say is a bonus fifth one here is what you just said, which is if you're doing a 30 day challenge and, and you're kind of embarking on a journey like this is like, you know, 
maybe just give yourself a little bit more space for like the emotions of it, for the, the time of it. Like there's just a lot that goes into a thing like this. It's very big. It's very difficult. So I was just saying that's like a bonus, like the like ride the emotional roller coaster is sure. what I was getting at. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into the first real one here. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I moved it from two to one because I thought I it was more that. important. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. This is a big, I don't know if it's just hitting me at this point in my life or this point in our business journey, but I told Jason my biggest takeaway personally from this project is accepting the way that I get projects done. Mm-hmm. More specifically, you know, I'm someone who like... I've gotten better over the years, but I used to be a procrastinator. I'm not as bad anymore, but like, I'm always going to be the person who's working the day before the launch date. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I do know. Yes. I've yeah. lived with you and worked with you for and, years. And you know, it's gone through periods of time where that has been like really under the wire. Like, oh, there's like too much to get done and I can't even possibly get it done the day before. And now I'm to the place where it's an appropriate amount of things that need to be done the day before the launch. But I used to just like kind of beat myself up over that. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to judge myself and be like, why can't I pace myself better and blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, I'm just a person with high quality standards. I'm a person who, you know, estimating time is difficult for me, even with all and a lot of my time strategies have worked. My Pomodoro timers, my time estimations, all of that, which we teach inside of Wayman Unlimited, has helped tremendously. Like I can't even tell you how much it's helped. But... I just am so over beating myself up over like those things about me, you yeah. know, like why, why, why can I not just embrace the fact of like, oh yeah, I love working on projects. It's part of like, even in the moment, if it feels like, oh, there's pressure here. If I'm really honest with myself, it's part of what I love about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, I, I just think there's something interesting, like where you thrive in a project is very different for other people. Like yeah. I thrive in the like beating all of my own deadlines. Cause like I want to previous me set a time and a date and like, well, I want to prove that I could do previous me wrong. Yeah. You know, like I am better than that. But I think what's interesting about watching you in this project and in other projects is like you thrive in the like last chunk of time on a project. I do. In the early time in the project, I think it's just very difficult for you to get the like intrinsic motivation. Like you're motivated, you're working, but you don't have that like push and that drive. Well, it's also a little bit of Parkinson's law, right? Where it's like the time is always going to expand to fit the container. That's just human nature. But you're right. There's something, and maybe this is what it is too, now that we're digging into it. Yeah, let's just do it. We're on the couch here. You are a very decisive person. Right. And I, it's not that I struggle to be decisive, but I'm certainly less decisive than you are. And something about the hard container of a deadline helps me be so much more decisive in doing things. And so I find that that like boundary is really helpful for me. So anyway, the difference is, you know, where it becomes, um, I don't know, what has helped me accept myself in this way is I've at least changed my ways to the point where it doesn't impede my anxiety levels to a high degree anymore. It doesn't impede meaning like, um, you know, on the last day before a product launch, I'm not like, you know, at all time anxiety highs and feeling like I'm on the verge of a breakdown that doesn't happen anymore. And so, and I'm still able to get exercise in or like, for example, the night before this launch, you know, we stopped working at 6 PM, which is to me a mark of like, okay, if I can fit the amount of work in the work hours for me, that feels like a win even if I'm still scrambling the day before and it's a little bit of like, I got to put a lot of focus in on that day. If I'm able to cut it off at 6 p.m. and feel like I did a good job, then that to me is my measure of success. And so 
it brings up this notion that we've talked about before on this podcast, which is how do you know when some aspect of yourself is something that it's time to just accept or when it's an aspect of yourself that you still want to work on changing. And for whatever reason, I think like for all the reasons I just described, I've just finally come to this place of like, well, if the only thing left telling me that I need to change this about myself is just that I think I should be doing it a different way. If that's the only thing, if it's not actually impeding my life, if it's not actually like making me more anxious, then who gives a crap? You know what I mean? And I think the other part of it is it'd be different if you were working uh, at the 11th hour, every project and the project wasn't getting completed. So I think that would be the big, maybe red flag for someone who's listening to this or like, Oh, I'm like that too. But I don't actually ever get the project completed. I'm always like late on things or they're not getting done. Mm -hmm. I think that's when you might need to make some sort of change in things. And maybe you have like a previous deadline that you set that's like a week in advance. Like this is the deadline. And then you have like a week to kind of like play catch up on things. But I think for you, and you know, this is just what I've seen over the years is like, we get to the end of a project, but like it always gets done. Yeah. So there's a big difference between it always getting done or it always getting pushed. Yeah. And I think like that's the big Another you know, change might need to happen. Another way that this shows up in our business, we make jokes about it on this podcast all the time when we do projects and we're like, we're going to bite off more than we can chew. And there's just been times where I thought, man, we really need to change this about the way that we work. Mm-hmm. And we've done things to maybe, you know, avoid putting too much on our plates. But what if, what if, that's just always going to be us. We just like a full plate. We love a full plate. You know, we love challenging ourselves. That's yeah. definitely part of it. We love making things. That's a huge part of it. We love, yeah, we just love making things and we love challenging ourselves. And so what if the way that we work is always going to be ambitious and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to think about it like a, um, a butler is coming out of the kitchen with like a big old plate full of cinnamon rolls and as he's walking to the table, it's so full of cinnamon rolls that they're just falling off on the floor. And it's really sad. But by the time plate the plate lands in front of us, there's plenty of cinnamon rolls left. And that's like kind of how we work on a project. We pile too much on our plate. And there's just like things that have to like fall off the plate for it to finally get to the place where it lands in the hands of our email subscribers and our viewers and et cetera. And by the time they get it, they're like, wow. This is a very full plate of things. We're like, yeah, you should have seen it when it came out of the kitchen. <laughs> so like, true. <laughs> there was so much more on this plate, but like that all fell off because like we just couldn't get it done. But that really, that's like kind of how we operate. It's like yeah. we're too full of plate. But by the time the plate arrives, I don't think anybody would really notice. And I think even for this project, like one thing we can share is there, there's a, an article template for the way the articles look on our website. Mm-hmm. So if you go to uh, wanderinginfo.com slash calm, click into any of the Calm Business Encyclopedia volumes, you'll see this kind of like really fun template, but that wasn't done until like five days after the project was released. Mm-hmm. And that was actually more to do with our developer than us, but that's just part of the project, right? It still falls on our like- Totally, was, and if we had finished the design two weeks before we had given it to him, right. or if we had been better managers in terms of telling him what to prioritize, you know, ultimately the accountability comes to us. Um, but yeah, I love actually, I did not know where you were going with the cinnamon roll plate. I was like, I don't get it, but I love visualizing that because again, it's about just going like, okay, yeah, yeah. that's how, okay. That's how we work. The plate didn't land in front of you empty. You know, that's the most important part. It landed in front of you with like a well-balanced meal. There's just like the perfect amount of food. So it's two things to me. It's did the, did the plate land with something on it and you know, 
can I laugh about and enjoy the process of getting from the kitchen to the table? Yeah. You know, cause it's like, and to me, if those things are true, then who cares how many cinnamon rolls started on the plate? That's okay. Yeah. Um, just, and that's always going to be the way it just is. Just to be totally clear in this metaphor, yeah. um, I would go back and pick up all the fallen cinnamon clear, rolls. To be clear, of course. Now, if it was like roasted zucchini, I'd just leave it on the floor. Screw okay. that zucchini. I don't want it. That's the spectrum from zucchini to cinnamon roll. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's talk about the second lesson that we learned here. And this one, uh, you know, I think it's kind of obvious, which is why I moved it to number two, but it is definitely worth talking about over and over again whenever you're working on a project, which is giving yourself lots of time more than you think. And actually, this is, I would say, one of the areas of the project that I would consider a success, which is we started it eight weeks out. Yeah. And I think the only reason why I was able to to go to sleep at, or to stop working at 6 p.m. on the night before the launch was because we started it eight weeks out. And that's something that also is like a big takeaway for me is because we started it so much earlier, we had that one week that was basically a wash because we tried to do the videos a certain mm. way. And I spent all that time scripting and we didn't even use the scripts. And like, that was, you know, quote unquote wasted time, but like forever in a day from now on, I will bake in a week of basically wasted time into a project. Yeah. And I think like a you buffer. Know, we talked about this in one of the previous episodes, but like there was a moment where, you know, the Friday before the project was going to go live on the Monday, I think you were really feeling the pressure of the project and like getting it out and going. And I actually wasn't feeling the pressure because I looked at what was left and I was like, this is all doable. You know, yeah. this is really, it's not anything like that's going to make or break the project. And I think that's just a, a kind of like a real moment of the way our two brains work differently, where mm -hmm. you still see this huge list of things to do, but I kind of see it from a macro sense where I'm like, yeah, but like, because we had so much more time on this project, you've already done the bulk of what needs to be done. Now the rest of this is just kind of like making things look better. It's like applying the frosting to the cinnamon roll. Like it's not gonna be perfect, but like there will be a little bit of cream cheese frosting on there for everybody. Yeah, and I find, I find that difference in perspective so valuable. I also find, and this goes back to like point number one, it's always the thing that is going to bring tension between us, right? right? Because you're seeing it from a macro sense where you're not looking in all the details and you're going, it's fine, like it's doable. And I, because I'm the one that's mainly in the creative production, am seeing all the little, like there's so many more little micro to-dos in these bigger to-dos that you don't see. And I think sometimes in the past I've been like, no, but you don't understand, like there's yeah. so much. But I wouldn't want you to understand because your kind of macro view is what can calm me down in those moments and go, it's going to be okay. Like we, you can do this. Yeah. Um, and I value your perspective in not getting, getting overwhelmed so much. It's just, if you work with a partner or you work with a spouse or you work with a, a teammate or something, it's a challenge to be intentional about seeing the value in their different perspective and not, uh, using their different perspective, as a point of conflict. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, just an actionable takeaway for those of you listening to this is the next three months of your business planning that you're looking at, just review all of your self-imposed deadlines. What needs one more week cushion? Mm. Like, what do you just need to be like, ooh, I've got that client that's like a big client. They need one more week in the project than what I've estimated. Yep. I've got this project I want to launch before X add one more week into the planning. So just like do that right now. It's a really good exercise just to add in a little bit of buffer for future you to feel a little bit less frantic. Love it. All right, lesson number three here. Uh, and this is really one that we're trying to come back to a lot these days and moving forward, which is just to look for ways to bring the silly and to really yeah. bring the unboring to a project. And this might be, you know, you can insert whatever value 
you want to replace for fun or silly if you're if that's not your vibe but for us this is like a core value of us as people and as doing business together is we're just sort of like if we're not enjoying it what is it all for ding 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 nice That that was the bingo um and it's funny i was working on something else this morning and i found a list of our like brand beliefs that i wrote down like a couple months ago and one of them was fun is fuel. And we don't really say it like this, but maybe we should start saying it. Um, but it's just this belief that for us, the reason behind making things fun is because that is what energizes us. That is what makes us want to get up in the morning and work on our business is if we're having a good time, because it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. You're going to spend so much more time on the journey than you are ever at any destination. So is it enjoyable? And I think we did a good job of that during this project of just sort of whenever the other person um, suggested something that was a little bit silly, a little bit left of center, Mm -hmm. the other person was just like, yeah, let's throw that into the project. So whether it was, you know, you really wanting to make the images and the branding for it a little bit more absurd by, you know, adding Adding fuzzy donuts, donuts, weird spirals and 3D blobs, weird emojis, like all those things. I really value that because I think it made the project feel uniquely ours as a brand or whether it was me just really loving this encyclopedia concept and being like, I don't care if people don't get it. I don't care if it feels like such a stretch. I would so much rather than just say, we're going to make 30 videos and articles for a month. I would rather wrap, wrap it up in a concept that I can get excited about, which was this encyclopedia idea. And so for me, that was embracing the fun. Yeah. I remember writing this article a long time ago that was called find your motivators. Mm -hmm. And it was like in anything that you do, like what's the thing that's going to take you one step forward to take action on that thing. Right. So it's like going to the gym. If it's buying a new pair of gym shoes or pants or whatever, like whatever that is, like if that motivates you to put that thing on and go to the gym and like do the exercise, then like invest in that because that's investing in the motivation. So for us, I think what we're really trying to lean into and what we have for the past couple of years with Wayne is is just fun. Like I remember when we were sitting um, and having a meeting like five years ago and we were talking about like all these to-dos we have for whatever we were working on at the time. And I just like, I took a moment, I just like threw my notebook on the floor. I was like, this isn't fun. Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? And I think anybody listening to this who runs a business where it's not going to feel fun all the time, exactly. but it is in your ability to take a step back every week and go, what could make this more fun? What could make this more motivating? What am I missing here? That's like not helping me move forward. And you're maybe not always going to have an answer to that question, but I think it's just one of those things that whatever that identifying belief is for your business that stands out to you, come back to it as often as you can. And I think for us, that's what we're trying to come back to a lot more these days, because I think the truth of the matter is like, we don't want to be working for another 20 years. So it's like, maybe we have 10 more years of work in us, you know, to get to a finish line of having enough savings and retirement to not be working. I want those years to be fun. Like we've done the hard work of building the skills and the experiments and like all the things. And now I want to lean on the fun and figure out like, how do we get to our goals, but also like prioritizing fun over everything else. Yeah. And I also, I think it's so interesting, you know, I do a lot of research on, businesses, startups, like how big businesses are doing it to try and like glean anything that we can bring into our business to make it more efficient or make it more organized or whatever. And the thing that I always wind up thinking when I go do this research is like, how did this become so blah and vanilla and, and dry and devoid of any whimsy whatsoever? 
And I think when you imagine being a kid and how everything is like this wide open imagination, you know, you're comfortable being silly. You're comfortable being sort of out of the box. And adulthood just has this way of stripping you of all of that. I don't know why. I, I Because you think it doesn't matter? Because well, I think you in think... business, it's because it's safer too. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, you, you design a homepage and you're like, well, we could put like fuzzy donuts and 3D blobs and like this stuff on it. But like, if that's not going to move the needle with profit, like why are we adding that in? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like we got to focus on the it profit It feels movers. nonsensical. It yeah. feels um, superfluous. It feels unnecessary. And the irony is that for us, there couldn't, there couldn't be a more necessary thing than absurdity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and we talk about this all the time. Like there, and we've said it in so many podcast episodes, we love leaving money on the table. Oh and my just gosh. like, we'll take the cinnamon rolls off the table, but we, we will leave the money on the table. And that is with so many decisions we make in our business. And I know that might sound like coming from a privileged place, but even when we weren't making enough money to sustain ourselves and we were pulling from savings, we were still making those decisions because it, for us, it's not about profit over everything else or yeah. capitalism above all. It's enjoyment it's having a business that feels calm it feels peaceful it feels like you want to wake up and work on it every day and if you're listening to this and you don't feel like that with your business it's time to take a step back and, and hopefully that's what the calm business encyclopedia will do for you yeah is to go through you know when it's done 26 different topics of business and reevaluate every single one of them and just yeah. be like what is the thing I want more out of each of these different parts of my business? And what am I not getting now? Yeah. And to me, that is a part of the core mission of Wandering Aimfully is to show people that they can use running an independent, you know, solo or small business as a means of having a more enjoyable life. Because a lot of, you know, working for someone else or working for a big company, it is devoid of some joy. And when you work for yourself, you're responsible for you're responsible for it and you're in control of infusing that joy and that fun and that absurdity and that weirdness into everything you do. Yeah. And again, replace fun for yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever your motivating factor yeah. is. But um, I think we've done a good job this project of keeping that at the forefront. Definitely. With fuzzy donuts, it's impossible not to. All right. The last lesson we wanted to kind of share here is not forcing someone else's blueprint. And I hope this is one of those moments where you hear us say it and you maybe listen to this podcast and think like, yeah, those are experienced business owners that I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. We still fall into these comparison traps. And it's just like natural for you to go, okay, let's talk about making YouTube videos. Let's go look at YouTube. Here's, oh, this is what a video is supposed to look like. This is the quality I'm supposed to see. This is the way it's supposed to be delivered. These are the tips for storytelling. This yep. is how you intrigue somebody. Yeah, here's like how you structure a video, all this stuff. And you go, okay, well, this is how I have to make YouTube videos. Yep. And you, you sit back and you go, that doesn't feel good to me. I don't like that. We recorded a whole episode about being stuck in the video mud and how we got out of that. And I'm so glad that we were able to take that week to basically like fall apart and crumble into a mess of two mm -hmm. humans trying to work on a project to then pick ourselves back up and find a new way of doing something. And that way is not going to compete with all of the YouTubers who make content like we do that get a ton more views than we do. But that's not the goal of this project totally. is to get a bunch of YouTube views. It's to have something that we're proud of that's helpful and the views will sort themselves out and that's it. That's all that really matters. Yeah. And I also want to take a second to say, there's nothing wrong with wanting to learn from someone who has come before you, who has picked up lessons and go, okay, let me start there, right? Like, I think that's what we're really looking for when we look for a blueprint. 
we're asking someone else to go, okay, save me the headaches of figuring this out the hard way. Save me the time, save me the effort by just telling me like what worked for you so I can start with something. Cool. That's an instinct that we're all going to have. And in a lot of ways, it's really smart because it's like the idea of like work smarter, not harder, right? Great. But for me, I think it's start with that blueprint. Sure. But the second that you realize that you're forcing it, the second that you realize like, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel aligned with the way that I should do something. That's when I think it's worth taking a step back and going, man, I gotta, I gotta go my own way. It's kind of like, okay, now I know that didn't work. And I also wrote, um, something down here, which is that uh, it's actually when you find yourself at that moment where you go, Whoa, this blueprint isn't going to work for me. It's actually an opportunity because what it makes you realize is you're never going to develop your own voice by going down a well-lit path. You know, and Mm. so I think about that with YouTube. It's like, I don't know if these keynote videos are our thing or if there's something that we could do for years or if it's going to resonate with people. But what I know is the keynote videos are a stepping stone to creating more and creating more is the only path to find out a voice of video making that is uniquely ours. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that we blew up the blueprint. I'm glad that we didn't use the familiar tactics we still experimented with certain things. Like you may have noticed in the videos we do, we start with like a little, you know, what you would call a hook, like kind of asking a question or a statement that kind of tells the viewer, are you interested in this? Great. That's something we picked up from someone else that requires no forcing on our part. Yeah. Same with like the YouTube thumbnail design. Or the thumbnails. We're yeah. trying a new thumbnail design to just like see. Be more enticing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. All of those things are tidbits, but the filming of the videos themselves, the creative voice, Again, we'll never get to what is a wandering, aimfully unique video if we don't sort of like allow ourselves to go down this path that is more aligned with us and our skill sets rather than what we see working for someone else. Yeah. And I think the the actionable takeaway for you listening to this is, is there something that you're currently doing in your business that feels like you're you're like forcing a way that you're seeing other people do it? And it just feels really incongruent to how you would actually want to do it. Do it in a way that feels right to you. Yeah. And then kind of experiment and see what works and what doesn't work. And what however you're gonna measure the success of making that change, do that. And for us, it's really easy. Like it's publishing the videos. So, you know, we do have a goal of, you know, we'd like to get 500 new email subscribers by the end of the project being live on YouTube. I don't necessarily think we're going to get there and I'm not going to be upset that we didn't, but I, that was just a number to like answer that question because Mm -hmm. that was a question that was kind of spinning around in our minds. But really the truth of the matter is, is just publishing the videos and not hating the process was the the target or the goal. And we figured that out. And so that that's a win for this project, which I think is really great. And the bigger goal for me is the long-term prong of seeding our website and our channel with evergreen content that can organically bring people into our audience for the long term for years because you know if we've learned anything it's that the thing that allows us to like take time off of social media and not rely on that for marketing is you need some type of you know ongoing uh lead source yeah that is organic. And so we knew that our goal for 2023 was going to have to be to create new articles and new content. And so that's the win. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Those are our four lessons. Now, normally we would be transitioning into the Calm Business Confidential Correct. here. However, we're throwing you all a curveball if you're listening to this. I would like everyone who's currently driving to pull over. <laughs> Put your hazards on very safely. Pull over. If you're on a treadmill, <laughs> Step your feetsies off to the side. If you're currently cooking, put down the knife. 
I just, we're just asking for one thing. Send us an email, hello at wanderinggameplay.com and tell us that you want the Calm Business Confidential to continue. We just want to get some emails about it. And if we don't, then we'll, we'll just take that as a, this was not a segment that you all wanted. Which and is we'll okay. we'll stop doing it. And that's totally fine. But this is how we're going to find out that information yeah. that we want you to do it. If you're on Spotify, I'll throw a poll up so it's even easier. On Spotify, you can go into this app. There'll be a poll that pops up and you can click, yes, I want more. Nice. Or you can click, no, I don't want that. But most of our audience is not on Spotify. So again, yeah. pull over, step to the side of the treadmill, put your knife down. And if you do love that segment, then in your email where you tell us that so that yeah. we can keep doing it. Also, just think of one or two businesses off the top of your dome. Yeah, but if you don't have one, like we understand how much work that is too. So yeah, like if sure. that's going to hold you back from hitting send on an email, I'd rather get a bunch of emails and people are like, obviously, this is the best thing in the world. I've never seen anything better than this. Oh my gosh, how do you guys that's come what up with you're this looking idea? For? This is so great. You know, like that of course. would be fantastic. That's what I'm looking but for. But yes, would love some Calm Business Confidential ideas as well Definitely. to move forward with. Uh, all right. Do you want to wrap up this episode there and keep it just short and sweet? Or do you want to talk about life in Portugal? Life in Portugal. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have like kind of an announcement, but not quite an announcement about our lives in Portugal. Okay. Which is thing that's been, it's been a cliffhanger for quite a while. Big cliffhanger. But it, it, it doesn't happen until tomorrow. So like I'm still, there's like a 7% of me that doesn't believe it to be true yet. Which right. is. Our residency cards have been located. So we are right now two-year temporary long-term, however you want to describe it, Portuguese residents. But the problem is we don't have the cards in our hands. Exactly. We just know that they exist at the office. To give you a recap on the saga, we had our appointment at the government office in early June where they go through our paperwork. And it's basically just like the meeting on this side to say, you're good to go. You can stay here for two years. We're already technically, you know, we're legal. We have the visas, but it's sort of like the confirmation stamp. All of that seemed to go well. Then, and they're like, you know, you'll probably get it in... 30 to 45 days. 30 to 45 days. Then we didn't hear after 45 days. We email. We don't hear anything. We're trying to track it down. Then it's August. So it was yeah. just like kind of bad timing. But August here is where everyone goes on holiday. Yeah. And also the government office is in the midst of this like shakeup where they're rolling up another government office into it, yada, yada. And so... A couple of weeks are going by and I'm telling Jason and I'm like, I just have this feeling that they've already processed us. It's just they have not gotten into the mail. They're sitting somewhere in someone's pile of something. Yeah. And we just have not been able to track them down. And, you know, luckily when September kicked back up again, we lit a fire to kind of track these down. You did a lot of the hard work to contact a lawyer and she was able to go to the office. We located them. Yeah. She said, I don't have power of attorney for you, so I couldn't pick them up myself, which is totally fine. But she said, you can go in on Monday at 9 a.m. and be there and they can hand them to you. So you better believe it. We're recording this actually on Sunday, the morning before. So tomorrow morning we are hopping in the car. We're driving to Lisbon. We're going to park at that office. We're going to walk in with our hands outstretched, say, Bon dia, tudo bem? And then <laughs> hope that they hand us our cards. Yeah. So uh, that is the kind of big news, which is exciting for us because it just takes like a big breath of, you know, like, removes a piece of stress from our minds yeah. of, you know, we were going to leave in November to go back to the US. Like, it may have been a little bit tricky coming back in if they had a question of, like, well, why are you here? How long are you here for? So, this makes it a lot easier because we just go, <laughs> residency card, mm. what's up? And then also, we were uh, the hold up with getting our car. Finally, get to buy a car. Get to buy a car. 11 months of renting a car from the tiny little car rental Every place month, down the road. We go to the cutest little rental place yeah. in Larinha and we talk to the folks there and yeah. they're like, again. And we're like, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll finally be buying a car. Maybe we'll share what that process is like, but um, we don't know that yet. Speaking of cars, I don't think I shared this on the podcast. Yeah, you did something with our car that wasn't bad. It was good. I've been driving again. Oh, wow. I feel like a real adult woman. Yeah. And just very quickly for everyone to know, you you like haven't driven a car in like two years. I have not driven a car in two years. And the last time you drove, you had a panic attack. Exactly. So it was a little it's not bit, a good it's not a good experience. track record. I mean, I drove for many, many, many years. And then kind of what happened was I had a little bit like my, it was coincided with my eye issue, but also, um, you know, it was all my anxiety stuff in 2019. So then I wasn't driving. Then the pandemic happens. Then we're not going anywhere. I just, I was the sole grocery store runner. Exactly. And then it's like, if we are ever going anywhere, we have one car. So you're driving because of my eyes and my anxiety. Then I was trying to get back into the habit before we left for our Europe trip. And I had a couple really bad experiences. My eye, my glasses prescription was still not correct. Mm. And it makes with my eye condition driving uh, extremely anxiety inducing. So panic attack. Then it was sort of a mental game because yeah. it was like, oh, crap. Driving is really scary because when I drive, I have men- I have panic attacks. And so anyway, it built up to be this whole thing. We're traveling all of last year. Of course, I'm not going to if I'm not <laughs> driving in the US, I'm not driving in you Italy. know different. Definitely not Italy. So long story short, it has been this big thing that has sort of built up into a bit of a hurdle in my mind. And I just thought, you know, for my freedom and my ability and also for us to have kids and for me to be able to go places and take the places, I got to know how to drive and I got to feel comfortable. So we are finally diving back into the deep end. And I drove for the second time yesterday. Drove to the grocery store. Navigated those roundabouts like a champ. Sure did. And so that's just my big personal win. Uh, If anybody cares too, uh, just for, you know, people who are living in Portugal, sharing what it's like, um, our U.S. driver's license basically give us a driver's license here and we don't have to get a Portuguese driver's license. So it's as long as our U.S. driver's license is active, it works here. So that's actually one of our to-dos when we go back in November is to to get our is to actually transfer our licenses from California to Florida because we don't have an address in California anymore. So we do have a little bit of DMV homework that we have to do when we go back. Woof. Woof. Uh, But yeah, that's that's that other update. And then one final update that was just a fun one is our little local restaurant that's just right down the road from us had uh, another themed night. Yes. And this one was Bollywood. It was a Bollywood night with Indian dishes. And this has just become such a delightful thing that happens in our neighborhood. And the whole neighborhood comes together and they have a guest chef come in and they just basically do an entire menu that's like based on a specific cuisine and a specific culture and region. They, you know, have dancers. They have, it's just exciting. Yeah. And it's, it really does feel like a celebration of culture. It feels like a celebration of community and neighbors. And, you know, we get to sit at the community table and uh, just chat with our neighbors. And it always leaves me feeling immensely grateful that we picked this place to stay in, that we um, have been able to build community here. Um, you know, we're coming up on a year of living here. And one of my biggest fears moving here was that we were going to feel so alone and so isolated. And it's been the exact opposite. I've never felt like I had more of an immediate community around me than here. And I feel really grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, what's also really fun about these like themed nights at this restaurant is we just basically get introduced to like a lot of different like cultural and cuisine things that we never would. Like 
I don't know anything about Bollywood besides what I see on TV or in movies mm -hmm. or whatever. And so it's like be around, uh, you know, a bunch of Indian people who are talking about like, oh, like this is the music that, that we used to listen to in like our small village. Like, right. When or it like came on. The, the biryani that my mom makes is yeah. different from it in this way. In this way. Yeah. It was just like, it, it's a very unique also, thing. Also, one of my favorite like cultural moments was at the very end of our meal, they brought around what looks like these little like nerds. It looks like the candy nerds. Right. They're they not sort of, like a bunch of like computer geeks. No, who no, are no. Just like these little pebbles almost. And they, they scooped them into my like hand and I'm like, what is this? And so they're saying they're fennel seeds there. And I guess this like is supposed to aid with digestion, like at the end of your meal. And so I've never seen this before. Yeah. And so I go to like, kind of like I have it in my left hand. Imagine a little pile of what looks like nerds. And I'm going to pick them up with my right hand. And I look over at our friend Rajan, who is Indian, yeah. and he sort of like sees me like pick, like almost <laughs> about to like peck at it with my fingers. And he just gestures to me very subtly with a smile, like smash it to, smash your, face. It to your mouth, like yeah. at one time sort of. And I was like, oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I just like threw it back into my mind. But I don't know. It's just like little interactions like that where you feel these like cultures coming together. You feel like you're learning something. You feel like it's a very welcoming, inclusive experience. And yeah. I just enjoy that. And also you got up and danced. They did some, I some did dancing dance. circles. I did not. Uh, I blame it on my knee. Not that I don't like to dance. That was another favorite an part. I mean, I was like a little bit like self-conscious, but But basically, there were like 20 people dancing. Exactly. So, yeah. And also there was like um, another Indian friend of ours has her mother here mm. and seeing them dance together. Yeah. And she's like 82 or 83. Like she's older. So she was moving and grooving. And it just, it warmed my heart because they were having such a, they were just jubilant. They were having such a great time. And Good time. And also, this was like right at the end of that, uh, of like a super busy week getting the project out there. And we almost didn't go. Yeah. And we're like, no, we need to do, some, you know, we got to get out of the house. Like, this is one of the things you got to force yourself. And once you do it, you're like, yes, okay, this was worth it. It feels good to like step away from all the to do's and the tasks and the thinking of all the things we're working on. So yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Fun night, fun way to wrap up the week. Hope you enjoyed hearing about it. Uh, next week, keep your eyeballs peeled for Wayman Limited.